This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode number 96. Hello, welcome to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again on the show. This is episode number 96. On this episode, I am answering some questions from listeners that I've received over the last week. We did this podcast over live on Facebook. You can find that at facebook.com forward slash smart pizza marketing podcast, not podcast, just smart pizza marketing. But we're recording this show separately because the audio quality on that show wasn't fantastic. So check us out there if you want to see us live. If not, sit back. We're going to go over some great questions I've received over the last few weeks. Before we get into that, we're working on something behind the scenes here at the smart pizza marketing podcast that I think is going to really be fantastic. If you're looking to start with a great website that's mobile friendly and encompass email marketing and digital advertising all in one platform. And the good thing about this platform is going to be zip code exclusive. So if you're in one zip code and you don't want to have any of your competition dominate with digital advertising or email marketing, then you better sign up now. You can head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. See if your zip code is available. We do have some that are already locked up and a lot of people are buying the surrounding zip code just so nobody else does, which is kind of funny and weird at the same time. Um, so if you want to see if your zip code's available, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. If you want some more information about that, you can email me directly, Bruce, at smartpizzamarketing.com to see if it's a fit for you. Um, it's going to be really great. I think it's going to be the best thing for specifically for pizza uh, restaurants because we are working with some and we really know what's moving the needle when it comes to Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and email marketing. You know, things change so quickly and you really need to be in the in the trenches really placing these ads and seeing what works and what doesn't work. And one of my questions today is all about Facebook advertising. So I'm gonna give a little bit more in depth of how you know if it's working or not working and how Facebook kind of comes up with its pricing. All right, so let's get into these questions here. Some great questions from listeners. Um, I'm not going to mention their names because they send me questions and I'm not sure if they want to be anonymous or if they, I don't really ask if they want me to use their name. So if you do send me a question, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com and I can use your name, just let me know I can use your name. That'd be great. First question is about LinkedIn. It says, can you advertise catering services on LinkedIn? What has been the most effective way to promote pizzeria catering services to companies? Thank you in advance. Well, this is a great question. I love LinkedIn. It's a great way to connect with people who are in those companies that you want to connect with and find out who is the right person to connect with. That being said, LinkedIn does have a good advertising platform, but it's not great, not as great as Facebook. And if you're going to start with digital advertising, I really suggest you use Facebook before you use LinkedIn, and here's why. LinkedIn doesn't have the robust data that Facebook has. Now, it does know what your job title is. It knows where you live, but it doesn't necessarily know what you like to do what activities you like, what kind of food you like, because people interact with Facebook differently than they interact with LinkedIn. And Facebook knows that. Facebook knows every time you like a page, you comment, you look at a page, Facebook is taking that data and storing it at a bank that says you. So it knows exactly what you like to do. That's why the targeting on Facebook is so fantastic. LinkedIn, on the other hand, doesn't have that exact data. People don't spend time on LinkedIn generally. I mean, maybe someone listening to this does, but people usually check in on LinkedIn. They get a notification or if someone messages them or if they're looking for a job or if they change jobs, they don't necessarily spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. People spend time on Facebook. They spend time 
on their own time. LinkedIn's more of a, a professional network. Facebook is more of a place where people go to get away and just look for information, news, what's going on in the community or their friends. So that's why it has so much more data. The other thing that LinkedIn doesn't have that Facebook has is it's a little bit more pricey. So Facebook has what's called cost per impression or cost per click is what we tell people to use. Um, LinkedIn has the same thing, but it's like three to five times more expensive on LinkedIn for a cost per click than it is on Facebook. So if you're going to spend anywhere from uh, you know, say sixty cents to a dollar seventy-five per click on Facebook. It's going to be five times more than that on LinkedIn. It's just much more expensive because it, the targeting isn't as good. So if I'm going to use LinkedIn for my catering services, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to look for the companies that I want to target, and then I'm going to go to LinkedIn to kind of find the right person that I want to connect with, and then just send them a connection. You know, don't send the old. I'd like to add you to my LinkedIn network. You know, make it personal. Use their first name. Write a short message of why you're connecting with them and who you are and why it matters to them. Sign it personally and then send them that connection. It's gonna be much more valuable for you that way than if you just hit the whole, I know it's easy just to hit the, I'd like to add you to my professional network, but it doesn't move the needle at all. You know, once that happens to me all the time. I get these messages on LinkedIn and I know all they did was hit that blue button that says add this person to your network. There's no personal touch behind it. So make it a personal touch, it'll be much better for you if you do it that way. And then maybe you can get their email address and then you can take the, the communications to email and then give them a phone call after that. So that's how I would use LinkedIn if I wanted to target a business for my catering services. Next question, how does Facebook ads work with the pricing structure per cost or per impression? This is a great question and this is one that I don't think too many people realize how it works. So what Facebook does is when you create an ad on Facebook, it gives you and I'm sure, I'm sure that if you ever boosted an ad or placed one in the ads manager, you'll say it ranges from 500 people will see this to 1,200 people will see this for this much money. So say you want to boost an ad for $11, it'll say this is going to reach between 800 and 1,500 people. Now, how it comes up with that range is it gives your ad a relevancy score once it reaches 500 people. So you place an ad, Facebook shows that ad to 500 people, and then it based on the actions those people take, gives that ad what's called a relevancy score. And a relevance score, it can be number one being horrible to number 10 being fantastic. And it bases that on the interaction that your ad gets. And the interactions can include a like, a share, a comment, or it could also include a hide this message or hide all messages from this person in the future. And if it does that, it's gonna give it a lower relevancy score. If people like it or share it or comment it, the more people that do that, the higher the relevancy score is going to be. And the higher the relevancy score is, the cheaper it's going to cost you over the long run and the more people will see it. So if your budget's $11 and you have a relevance score of nine or 10, you're gonna reach that higher bracket of what they told you it's gonna reach. Now, if you have an ad and the relevance score is one, two, three, it's going to cost you a lot more per impression because the data has told Facebook that people don't really like that ad and they don't want to see it. So it's going to cost you a lot more to get in front of your targeted audience and you're going to get to that lower end of what Facebook said that reach was. So if that makes sense at all, I hope it does. I tried to make that as simple as possible. So what we teach people to do and what we do here over at Smart Pizza Marketing is we place an ad, we let it run for 24 to 48 hours. Once it reaches that 500 view count and it give, Facebook gives us that data that says the relevance score, we look at that relevance score. 
Now, if it's a four, five, or below, we kill that ad right away because it's going to cost us way too much money to get in front of the right audience. If that ad is six, seven, we may look at what we're trying to get them to do. If we're trying to convert them to get on our email list, we might let that go a little bit, even though it's a little bit more pricey because we know that even if we spend a dollar or two to get someone on our email list, in the long run, that's going to be worth it. And then obviously, if it's a eight, nine, or 10, we're going to maybe even double down on that ad and place some more money behind it because it's performing really well. And if we spend a little bit more money, the conversions will be even better. So place an ad on Facebook, let it run for 24 to 48 hours, see how the relevant score is. Anything below a five, kill right away, or even a five. Anything six, seven, kind of see what you're trying to promote and if it's worth the extra money to get them to do the action you want them to take. And then obviously eight, nine, and 10 are really good. Kind of copy those and see what you did right on there. See who the audience was on those ads, what the copy was, and if it's good, then you can kind of copy that for future advertising on that. All right, hopefully that made sense. I think that I did an okay job of explaining that as best as I know how to do. All right, next question. I kind of left Snapchat in exchange for Instagram stories. Is that a smart move? Depending on what? Depending on, I think, no, I don't think it's a smart move, first of all. But let me, let me put a little context behind that. If you have a large following on Instagram, Instagram stories can be great. The thing about Instagram stories is it's, it's starting to trend a little bit more like Instagram, whereas... On Snapchat, it's more raw and real. Instagram stories, I, I, I tend to be noticing that what works better on Instagram stories is the more professional look like Instagram has. In Snapchat, it's not like that. So you might see yourself spending a little bit more time on Instagram stories than you would on Snapchat. Maybe something that you put on Snapchat, you'd necessarily maybe not put on Instagram stories. Um, but what we're seeing work really good for uh, Snapchat, and I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, a couple people actually, is showing what it's like to work in your restaurant or pizzeria. Uh, the, the demographic for Snapchat is perfect for our, our employee pool in the restaurant pizzeria industry. It's from 14 to 21, 22. Those are, the, those are the exact people who are coming into your restaurant for jobs. And what you could do is show what it's like to do each particular job in your business. And show that maybe it's not always glamorous, but show that they could have a good job. They could like what they do. Uh, if you have a restaurant, I'm sure you have you know five to ten different positions in your restaurant or pizzeria. Show what it's like. Show kind of like what a day in the life is like in each one of those positions. If you're a pizza maker, show what a day in the life is. Show them making dough. Show them doing the prep. Show them during the dinner rush. Show them cleaning up at night. And by doing that, you're telling the employee pool who you want to have come in for a job what it's like to work in your restaurant. And they're going to view you on Snapchat. They're going to see what it's like to be in your restaurant working with you. And they already have kind of inside information before they even go in for an application. And that's the thing about social media today that we didn't have 10 years ago. You know, when you were hiring someone 10 years ago, you had to ask them the same boring questions that you want. Where did you work? What kind of experience do you have? Uh... It's nights and weekends. Are you okay with that? Now, with social media, you can show the employee pool who you're trying to reach before they even apply for your position. And don't always be thinking about hiring when you need someone. You should be hiring all the time. You should always be recruiting, always be looking for that perfect candidate. And by showing your restaurant behind the scenes on Snapchat, which is a little bit more raw than Instagram stories, you can 
always be kind of contacting that employee pool. And then when you do need help, whether you post an ad on on Facebook, which we'll talk about in a second, or Craigslist or Indeed, they kind of get a feel for what they're getting into before they go and fill out that application and talk to you. Now, I just mentioned this a little bit. When you're placing your ads on Facebook, a couple things I, I'd like to see have happen that maybe will improve your ads. First of all, remember why people are on Facebook. And I mentioned this earlier in this episode. People are on Facebook to get updates, to get away from their day, to consume entertainment. They're not there to look for jobs. They go on Craigslist to look for a job. They'll look in the newspaper to look for a job. They'll go on Monster to look for a job. So remember that when you're placing your posts on Facebook that say, we're looking for delivery drivers, $20 an hour or whatever it is, nights and weekends are a must. Like that's not going to move the needle on Facebook and you'll see it. You may get some likes, you may get some people tagging some people, but if you do it the right way, you're going to reach the right person and not necessarily a mom who's on Facebook and sees that and tags their son who doesn't give a darn about that ad. Um, You're going to reach the person who wants to work for you and is looking to maybe make a career change. So maybe take one of those behind the scene videos on Snapchat, download it, upload it to Facebook as a video and say, you could really love your job. Check out the behind the scenes of our restaurant and what it's like to work at XYZ Pizza. And it could be your Snapchat video, which is cool in and of itself that you know how to download your video from Snapchat and then upload it to Facebook. And then they can see what it's like to be a pizza maker behind the scenes on that day. And then they know what they're getting into and if that's the right job for them. So think out of the box like that. Don't do... All these different social networks are different. And I know it's confusing. And if you're just getting started, it could be a little bit overwhelming. But think of when you're in your restaurant. You're in your restaurant and you wear a uniform. Let me just give you an example. You wear a uniform. If you're going to go to a party later, you're not going to wear that same uniform, right? You're going to go home, you're going to take a shower, and you're going to change. Why? Why wouldn't you just wear your uniform to that party? Because it's a different atmosphere, and you'd look awkward and out of place if you wore your work uniform to a dinner party later. That's what social media is. When you post to Facebook like you post to Craigslist, you look awkward and out of place. So think about that the next time you're posting to these different social networks. Make sure that you're posting to these social networks and talking to the people on there who in the way that you should talk to them. All right, I hope that answered that question. All right, next question, and this is the last one. Hopping on 15 minutes here. It's, should you offer coupons, and at what percent off the menu price do you set them? I think you should offer something on your menu. It doesn't necessarily have to be coupons. You could offer combos. And and what happens with online ordering, especially, is people like to take their time and see what you have to offer. And sometimes if you add combinations together, you can make that decision process quicker and easier for people. And what you do when you add coupons, so if you give a, let's give an example, you usually charge $10 for a pizza. And for your coupon, you charge $14.99 for two large pizzas on Tuesday. You're telling people that your pizza is really not worth your regular price because you're set, you're devaluing it yourself. And you're training people to order from you with that coupon only. And not only are you doing that, but you're also training those people that you're also telling those people that your pizza is not really worth what you normally charge for it. So I don't like to put coupons on menus. I'd rather put combos on there for the regular price. And then with social media and marketing in general, kind of describe why your product is different and worth what you charge for it. 
I don't necessarily like the whole coupon thing. And we have this place that is near me. I'm not going to say the name of it, but they have a coupon that they send out is that exact example. And now I won't pay a regular price for that pizza because I know that once a week they send out a, their menu or their flyer in the local whatever menu thing they have there that gets mailed out once a month. And in that mailer is two pizzas for $14.99. And I'll only order from them with that menu because I don't want to pay $22 for those two pizzas now because they've trained me that I should only be paying $14.99. So think about that when you're adding your coupons and discounts to your menu. Try not to do that. And I know it's hard. I know that you want to have business and you want to send out your mailers and the you have to you think you have to compete with other businesses in your area who are doing that. But in the long run, it's not going to be good for your business. You'd rather have less sales now. Try to use digital marketing and reach those people because direct mail is great, which my podcast episode Tuesday is going to be three reasons why digital marketing beats direct mail. So subscribe to the podcast because that's Tuesday's episode. And I'm going to go into three reasons in detail of why I think digital advertising beats direct mail. Um, You know what? That's enough for that question. Just listen to that podcast episode on Tuesday. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, if you're interested in that digital marketing platform for pizzerias, specifically zip code exclusive, shoot me an email, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. We could set up a quick demo for you, show you how it works and go over if your zip code is even available. Also, we're giving a free webinar this Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to go over digital marketing, a little bit more extensive than I did on this podcast episode. We're going to go over what's working right now when it comes to online ordering and digital marketing. We're going to show you some great examples of digital marketing that we've done in the past that's working really well, some ones that aren't working so well. And we're going to show you how you can grow your online ordering using social media and digital marketing specifically, how you can use your online ordering platform as a benefit to yourself and not only a benefit to yourself, benefit to your customers, which is the most important thing, and how to use uh, social media and digital advertising to really explode your online sales. So that is at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash class. You can sign up for that free webinar. No selling on that webinar. It's all free. It's going to be about 60 minutes of pure value. Definitely suggest if you're listening to this podcast now and you want to learn more about digital marketing for your area, go hop on that podcast. There's nothing to lose. You can ask a ton of questions on there and see some great examples of what's actually working with digital marketing in you know October, November of 2016. If you're listening to this podcast in the future, those tactics may not work as well because everything changes on a monthly basis. You know, we have clients that we work with today that six months ago, we were doing things that were moving the needle a ton. And today, those same six things aren't working as well because it just moves so quickly. So that was smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash class. And before I end the show, I just want to say thank you. If you're listening to this right now, whether you're driving or at work, I just want to say that I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. I appreciate the feedback that I get on social media and through email in I hope that we produce a great show for you that can help you grow your business. That's the aim of the podcast and everything that we do here over at smartpizzamarketing.com. So that's it for me. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.